Mario, Mario. So there's three Mario. There's Mario, Mario, and then Luigi, Mario. That's three all together. Three, Ma- <laughs> three Mario. Three Mario. Three Mario. You know what? Like, this goddamn movie, it uh, actually made it so that that's canon now. Yeah, damn right. They invented that. <laughs> and like, exactly. now that's canon that his name is Mario, Mario. What else? What, what's his first name going to be? Fucking George? Like they call him Mario. Georgie so. Mario? That don't yeah. that don't work. It's Mario <laughs> Mario and Luigi Mario. Although this one doesn't have them as brothers. But technically. They, yeah, it's they are weird. brothers. They are. He does like, the whole thing where he's like he's my mother, my father, and my brother all rolled into one. I'm gonna keep talking I'm gonna keep talking like John Leguanamo in this in this movie. Oh my god, no, I love your dinosaur. <laughs> I'm just Latin. doing Sid the Sloth for my page. Latinx yeah. Luigi was is fucking great. And then yeah, just yeah, like yeah. Yeah, the most hey, cock- hey. cockney man ever playing like an Italian plumber. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Bob Hoskins, like on a fucking roll here with these like bullshit movies in the 90s. Oh my <laughs> God, just crushing it, dude. Just oh, man. crushing it. Yeah. Do you guess what we're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Patreon Cinecars, presented by the Prince Charles Cinema and the Breadcrumbs Collective. This is your host, John the Foster, and I am here today with my little plumber boy who. Likes to fucking play with stones and get sucked into portals. It's Phil. I do, I do, I do like doing that. It's all right, I just just finished my coffee, which is a bummer. Yeah, um, you're, you're, but you were like totally second guessing what you said. Oh, I'll wait until after this. I'll wait. Yeah. I'll wait. Ooh, ooh, I mean, I'm we can smart. we can pause it and you could just no, no, don't worry, don't worry. Put some of that I think it will help. We did that last time. I went to have to the smoke. No, I'm all right. You know, just in a constant pit of despair but you know then there's movies like this that lift you up question mark I don't know I don't know how I feel put you back down again put you back put you back down in the ground um yeah yeah I don't know don't know I'm all over the place how are you though how how would your trip how would your holiday did you hurt yourself I didn't I didn't good I didn't leave the country so I was pretty good Uh, which actually you know what when I went to Poland though (laughs) I was worried the whole time and I got Did you had the it. ear? You had the foot? <laughs> yeah. I got through Poland and like I came back and I forgot to talk about it with you how I survived a trip out of the country. You broke it. Like Dude, properly out of the UK and I didn't yeah. get hurt. So it's you pretty it. fucking good. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Cause dude, I'm not even joking. Like even some of the trips that I've gone on where like I, you know, don't get technically hurt or anything or like some fucking ear ailment <laughs> like i'll get like a really shitty sunburn in an annoying spot like in like the crown of my head or something like where my hair parts or something you know it's yeah just or like someone or like someone said something mean and you get like emotionally hurt yeah so, you know you're yeah. never safe yeah <laughs> which probably happens every time i go out of out of the country because like i out can't of the really, house. i can't really understand <laughs> what they're saying anyway but yeah yeah they're probably talking shit yeah i mean that's that's what's great about like learning a foreign language. You can talk shit about people who like you know who are dumbasses who come to your country and spend all their money on stupid shit. So yeah, you know it's the way the way of the world. Yeah, it's the of life. It's capitalism, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's baseball, yeah. baby. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. No, I'm all good. good. My my holiday to Scotland was pretty Scotland. funny. Scotland. We went we went up because uh, my mother-in-law Julia's mother was turning. 70 years old so like you know, Ooh, shout out one. to her happy and birthday she uh didn't know that we 
we're basically all planning this like insane um, surprise party thing where we got the entire family together. Julia's got a million fucking siblings and they all have kids and stuff. So it was a million of us there. And uh, her brother, I mean, like, it's crazy. I don't even, like, it's embarrassing, like, in a certain way, because I didn't even want to take photos because it was just ridiculous. But, like, he does pretty well for himself. And he, like, rented out this uh, insane mansion. There was something out of, like, uh, I mean, we needed something big because there's a ton of us. It was like 19 people or something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, he ran out of this thing that looked like it was straight out of Knives Out. And it was like <laughs> insane. Like we we were just like, lo- like you could get lost in there. There's so mm. many rooms. and It's like know, a Scooby-Doo cartoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah basically. Yeah, because the little kids were running around like that. It was like, mm. you would hear all these like, ah! <laughs> so yeah it was nuts they had a little like a really it's funny because the place was amazing but we all like gravitated to this one like the shittiest room in the house because it had a pool table in there and it was like no, the most no, rinky no. dink pool table like it was this one of more those speed yeah it was like is it's like as nice as everything else was in the fucking place they had the like the worst pool table that had like the worst pockets the worst corners oh, the worst shit. sort of slight it was on a slant yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I feel but, like all the balls are on my cut. <laughs> but it was great. Um, but yeah, no, no. So all, other than that, all good, all good, all good. Um, good. I, I got a shitty cold uh, as soon as I got back. So Okay, um, well, that almost... So that puts a damper on it. Yeah. Mm. So I, I actually feel like I do sound a bit shitty right now. But um, I'm on the opposite side of it. Luckily, we recorded this episode like late enough that... I was on the other end of it because I sounded yeah, much yeah. worse a couple of days ago. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could just blame it on last week because it was like 420, you know? <clears throat> yeah, that yeah. fucking, you didn't smoke but that contact high. Oh man, I did, you know, it was those sounds effects though. You know, that was on me. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking, me, speaking of which, the hazy smoke of our 420 special has finally dissipated. And now that we can think clearly, it's time to get back into the Philiversary. Oh, it's everyone's favorite. <laughs> Meet a boy named Phil, born in 93. Time to celebrate Philiversary. He and John are gonna take the cast to a time way, way back in the past. Phil, Phil, Philiversary, keeping it together just as best as he can. Phil, Philiversary, he's turning 30 years old, man. He's turning 30 years old, man. He's turning 30 years old, man. Last week we went toe to toe and taking bong hits and crushing brews with some high schoolers until it got <laughs> a little too weird, you know, hanging out with little kids. Um, so, you know, we thought it's, you know, it's time to grow up, you know. So we thought we'd uh, hit the job market, Phil and I, you know, you know, get some apprenticeships, you know, and uh, we found we found a couple of jobs with a couple of plumber brothers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They seem like nice guys. Yeah, but it is kind of weird, though, like, you know, because it's like all they ever do is just, like, pop a bunch of mushrooms and crawl around inside of toilets, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming in and out of pipes a lot. Yeah. Being grown up isn't really what I thought it would be. Talking about dinosaurs. Yeah. What the fuck are they talking about? At Blink-182-1 fan. I guess this is growing up. <laughs> what film are we talking about this week? <laughs> Uh, it is 
It's Super Mario Brothers. Of course. The, the, the old one. The old one, not that the new original. One. The original, the 1993. Wanna, if you want to hear us talking about that new one, you got to go over to Patreon because we're going to chat a little bit about that later. Hashtag wait to the end. It's not hashtag. <laughs> but you know the shit people say in videos? Yeah. <laughs> Too long, didn't article. read. Today I learned. Yeah, today I learned. Am I the author? <laughs> Feeling we're not in Brooklyn no more. Luigi! You better not hurt! They're brothers. They're plumbers. Oh no! Mario! Luigi! They're on the trail of a kidnapped princess and a mystical meteorite. It's incredible! That gives anyone who possesses it the power. Rule the universe. Get me the rock! Tell it, get it, lizard breath! Now, they must rescue the princess. Luigi! Alien species escaping. And make it safely back. Later, alligator. To our world. Are you, Are you all right? Before time runs out. Mario Brothers. This ain't no game. Brooklyn Plumbers, Mario and Luigi, played by Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo, are on just another job when they witness the kidnapping of an NYU archaeologist student, Daisy, played by Samantha Mathis. And the ensuing chase gives the duo the shock of their lives when they are taken through a portal into a parallel world called Dino Hatton. That is populated <laughs> by the descendants of dinosaurs. Why? <laughs> it Sorry. seems the dinosaurs weren't destroyed by a meteor 65 million years ago, but instead were hurtled into another dimension and now are ruled by the evil King Koopa, played by Dennis Hopper, who plans to use Daisy, who happens to be the long-lost princess of the Dino Kingdom, to use her prized meteorite rock to merge <laughs> two dimensions so that he can take over the world using his de-evolution gun to turn all the humans the Nintendo Superscope, please. Back into monkeys. It's uh up to our unlikely heroes to battle Koopa and his Goomba guards. Free the beautiful Princess Daisy and to save mankind. Are Mario and Luigi up? for the job uh, where we go uh, well, no. it's the 1993 live action video game fantasy adventure and the first ever live action movie based on a video game that is correct written by parker bennett terry runte and ed solomon ed solomon had a hand in this and directed by Rocky oh, Morton and Annabelle Jankel. More about oh, them later. We'll, yeah, we'll get into that. Super Mario Bros. The movie film, 1993. Hot takes out the gate, boy. Oh, oh. Hot takes. Oh, I think I'm going to have a lot to say about this. 
absolutely batshit crazy movie. Yes. Like, I feel like I've done the round in this movie. Like, I remember liking it as a kid. I remember sort of being despondent with it as a teen. It's like, not a faithful adaptation or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now, like, I can, I can sort of admire it. In yeah. a weird, in a weird way, because it's fucking dude, it's this? awful. <laughs> yeah. It's awful, but it damn isn't it fun. Like I had a good time watching it, it's yeah. entertaining, but you're just watching the most insane creative choices scene to scene. Yeah. Like every scene, it's just like what? Why is this? Is, who is this for? It's not for kids. It's not for grown ups. But I kind of I because it exists in that world before there was a sort of blueprint for these things, like what a video game adaptation looked like, what sort of any adaptation of something like that looked like. You know, they're, they're trying to ground, a, you know, a story without that in logic and something we recognize, but they're adapting a game without much logic or plot or any reason to it. Like yeah. and the, the game never gives you a reason why two human plumbers are in the mushroom kingdom fighting off yeah, not at all. dinosaur taking mushrooms and stuff. It's just a given, right? Cause yeah. it's a fucking video game. That's just what it is. But this like tried to sort of reason some of it, you know, trying to give it ground, you know, even like the big, the jumping, they have the special boots and the, the mushrooms <laughs> sort of play a part in it. And big birth are just a, a very, you know, like horny lady. Yeah. They couldn't make it a big fish, I guess. So. But, and it's just like, like I, I was joking when I watched it with when I when I was watching it. Sorry, I'm texting you, and I knew it was going to be good right from the beginning because the opening is like a fucking Philip like CDI game. Yeah, like yeah, level yeah. graphic with the dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, with the it's like an animated <laughs> intro with the dinosaurs, and it literally sounds like something we would do. It sounded mm. like our Teen Wolf episode. It's like a coked up neck being like in the, in a very like New York Italian accent, but not Bob Hoskins. You know who and that just is? Just like what if. No, who is it? That's fucking Homer J. Simpson. <laughs> is it? Is it yeah. Dan Castellaneta? Dan Cast- or whatever his name oh, Yeah, I don't know his name. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. But yeah. it's just him going, what if, right? What if the, the dinosaur survived in a different dimension, bro? <laughs> you know, it's that, it's that vibe. And that <laughs> sets the precedent for the rest of the movie. Yeah. And you just, I would very much recommend it. I've not seen the new one. I'll say that now. And I've sort of, but it looks like a very faithful sort of adaptation mm. of the game. And that seemed to what be what people don't like about it. But like, this is so <laughs> worth watching. Yeah. I don't know what people want. Like, I'm not going to yeah. go into the, um, cause I did see the new one the other day mm. and we'll have to save that for the Patreon episode. Cause mm. we haven't done one of those in a long time. And uh, damn it, fun. it's only one pound come support us over there at the PCC podcast on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast. You get Bono episodes and we're going to do a Mario one. We got like stuff we're working on like this week and next week that are going to end up on there early before they get spat on the main timeline. Um, Plus there's going to be extra bonus stuff that just lives over there. It's only one pound. So come on over and say hi. Um, Or if you want to support us for a little bit more, you know, you might get a little bit more bonus stuff. Uh, Anyway, Uh, but one <laughs> one more thing though yeah. and I feel like the movie tricked me because I forgot and I, I know I should save this for later because we'll talk about it but like dude the movie ends with almost unreal 
by Rockstep. Yeah, yeah. Which is such a banger, and I have not heard it in years. That I loved that song when I was growing up. I loved Rockstep growing up, mm. and that just—I don't—it was—it was like this warm feeling when it started playing. It's like pure nostalgia came out, and it made me love the movie all of a sudden because it's like just could that song to like to it like took it an extra a level up. So it's bad, but I had. I, I thought I've had fun with it. I've got a little bit of a uh, weird trivia for you because to be honest, I was trying to keep this episode on like the shorter end because it's, it's, I felt like we were going to get away with it probably because it's, it's a silly movie and I'm it's sure silly. we're going to be talking about a lot of shit with it anyway. But then I've also like, I felt like, come on, man, we're talking about Mario. It's like one of the biggest, like video game characters of all time and yeah, I feel man. like it deserves maybe a little bit of history of Mario so I wanted to get into that as well yeah. so I've kind of put that in and I sacrificed a little bit of the music side of things but I did want to bring up the score as well because the score is just like what the fuck is going on with this <laughs> it's Alan Silvestri who's done like some of the greatest music yeah, in yeah, film yeah. history I mean he did like you know the classic like back to the future theme and shit mm. great great composer but this shit is so fucking 1990s bullshit <laughs> it's like it's so it's so annoying it's so early 90s bullshit which is like exactly all this fucking film like lives in yeah but yeah, anyway, I was going to say... Do you like it? <laughs> oh, about that song, though, that you were talking about. That song was actually written for another 1993 film that we've talked about on this podcast, not during this this uh, Philiversary arc, but we did it, like, the year before last, Halloween. Do you want to take a guess? It was originally written for a certain film that you did not like. Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. It was originally written for Hocus Pocus, but for whatever reason, they didn't give it to Hocus Pocus and they put it into this film. Um, Yeah, it's weird. But there's a lot of like interesting stuff because there's like uh, the Walk the Dinosaur song as well, isn't it? Like, but it's like the George Clinton version. (laughs) Weird. I feel like this should have had like a really like fucking grungy soundtrack like butthole stuff yeah stuff should have been on here you know yeah like, yeah yeah it yeah. feels like it should be that kind of flick there's some missing stuff as well because i think there was like a whole rap sequence i'll get to that later of course <laughs> but, the fuck it's an early 90s movie there should have been a rap yeah. sequence. where's vanilla ice dude yeah yeah why yeah. Is vanilla ice not in this movie but anyway like for me dude there was two things we've already talked about one and it was one it was actually a, a damn shame i like you know time wise we couldn't really work out with uh the guy who joined us on that episode, what, uh, but two things I loved as a kid growing up, it was uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and mm-hmm. Super Mario Brothers. And we mm-hmm. were going to try to get our pal Luca on, on um, from WrestleTalk to join us to talk about this because he's written a whole book about video game films. He's written he's, the book on it. Yeah, <laughs> it's called Lights, Camera, Game Over. Um, which is a great book, but then he's also now started doing this thing called Cutscene on YouTube, a new like series where he actually shot it at the Prince Charles cinema. So like, well, partially. Oh, cool. So, um, and it, the first episode was about the 93 Mario film. So I'll <laughs> shout it out again later, but like I used a little bit of, you know, watching that video and some of his work he's done before, plus some other shit out there for this episode. But then also 
uh, there's a big deeper dive into like what that this film that we're talking about today could have been in his like very first episode of cutscene. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like the Super Mario film that could have been. Anyway, like uh, this film, man, dude. When I was a little kid, like I, like I said, like I loved Super Mario Brothers. Like I had a Nintendo, a Super Nintendo. I used to play the the Nintendo, like the first gen Nintendo over at like a um, ba- my babysitter's house and stuff. So I used to play the old Mario games. But then I got like Super Mario All Stars, which had like all of them. Plus, I could say that's what I grew up. Yeah. On. Plus, yeah. I had like Super Mario World, which is like one of the best video games ever. So we were obsessed with it and we would watch the cartoon all the time. And so when this film came out, like I was so stoked and I was young, like a fucking four year old. And I remember seeing it and it was like, even at that age, I was just like, this isn't Mario. (laughs) Yeah. Like what? (laughs) But I loved it because I was like, it was wacky and weird and it was Mario anyway. Flashing colors, like the movement. It's good for a kid. So when you're a dumb kid, yeah, of course you're going to love it. But I was I was like so aware that this isn't Mario, but I've always had a like a fondness for it. And I was talking to my um, sister-in-law while we were up in Scotland and she had taken her two kids to see the new Mario. And mm. um, she was, she was like talking about how she loved it and stuff. And like, you know, talking about all the, I guess she didn't really know how much I knew about Mario and stuff. And she was like, Oh, there's so many like, you know, deep cuts and blah, blah, blah. And, and I was just like, yeah, cool, man. Like, yeah, I mean, like when I was a kid, I just had like the one from 93 and she was just like, oh, I tried to watch that. It was just so bad. And I was just like, man, I get it. I get it totally. It is horrible. But at the same yeah. time, like I I watched this shit when I was a little kid and I have this weird fondness for it. I no, don't know me why. too. Me too. And I don't have, I don't have a lot of those. And we've yeah. been like, we've, we could, we've had to watch a lot of these. Yeah. Not a, like, like not a bad old school movie. This is one I think I would, I would totally go back to. I would totally watch this at the Prince Charles. You know yeah. what I mean? Like with a group full of people laughing at it. Like it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just, it's just something that would never be made today. And yeah. probably rightly so. But yeah, just definitely. like, w- just watching people like jump off a high board, you know what I mean? Like it's just, I've someone, I was listening to another podcast and I think they put it really well. Where it's like, usually the logic is if a director or whoever gets given, you know, a Mario movie to make by the studio, they'll be like, cool, I'll make this Mario movie. And then that will help me make my underground Blade Runner dinosaur movie yeah. afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this time they got a Mario movie and they're like, this is a great opportunity to make our underground dinosaur Blade Runner movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it looks so much like Blade Runner at times, it's but like so a weird, weird fucked dude. up version. It's so weird. It also sort of has a Demolition Man vibes of like the underground. like Definitely yeah, mad Demolition really Man vibe. But it's just so odd, man. Like every choice, like the little head, the little dinosaur head. Yeah. Like I just never got over. I'm just like, why? Yeah, the why Goombas. The cho- like yeah, why the are the Goombas, Goombas like... Also, why are they seven feet tall? <laughs> yeah, why is this the choice? Could they go from a normal man to like yeah thing? And one of the fucking spike or whatever from it, what's his name from fucking Strangers in Paradise. I was like, what the fuck is he doing in this movie? Oh, Spike. Yeah, Spike is. Yeah, uh, yeah it's interesting. Yeah. Spike and I- Iggy. Which one are you talking about? The one with the um the longer like sort of shaved head on the side and yeah. The, yeah, see, he's also from Ferris Bueller's. He's one of the guys the who, yeah, who yeah, steals the, the car. Steals the car. Well, yeah, not yeah. steals it. They work at the thing and they go on the, the ride. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Iggy, on the other hand, is Fisher Stevens, who was like in some of these Wes Anderson films. He's currently in Secession, like 
having a great later career. He's the fucking guy who he's the journalist or whatever gives the gang a bad review and they kidnap him and always sunny. That's all good. I feel like we're forgetting that he played an Indian guy in short circuit. Who Fisher Stevens? <laughs> yeah. No, but why did nobody about talk about nobody talked about? I haven't this. seen and that film in so long. I mean, yeah. the, the, they're, they're good, the short circuit movie, yeah. but it's mad, yeah. like racist. <laughs> and it's, it's weird that he just like, whoo, just like managed yeah. to skate past that beautifully. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that was a different but time. Weird, <laughs> but weird fucking, weird fucking, you know, I have to say, like, I know we'll get into cars, but like, and I know obviously Bob Hopkins and John Leguidama didn't have a good time making this and they're yeah. apparently drinking and shit just yeah. to get through it. But they're fucking both really good in this. Yeah, like, yeah, genuinely, yeah. Genuinely, like they're believable. Them. They're committed. They have like, they have a good, they have really good chemistry. They have a believable conflict, and like, I just buy it. And like, I just appreciate that both of them like didn't just fucking, you know, like fail through it. Like they did still try and make it as good as it can be, yeah. even if it like what it was was just even Dennis kind Hopper, of all over the place. Like, really, Dennis Hopper just doing his he just like does it, you know. He had the monopoly on Night Eat Bad Guys. Yeah. He just He's totally playing the same role as he does in Land of the Dead. And I'm pretty sure yeah, I said that in Land and of the Speed. Dead. Like, yeah. I don't know if you remember, but I was just like, King Koopa this, this is King Koopa. Like, he's just doing yeah. the same thing again. And he's even like, yeah. you know, he doesn't like, he's, and also he's, he's very, a again. he's very Trump. Like as very well, Trump. very Trump because it's like, it's yeah. crazy. And also Trump is like a t- total germaphobe and he's got like shit hair. Uh, I'll, I'll bring up the shit hair again. Cause it's very interesting. Cause I always wondered like why his hair was like that when I was a kid. It's very, it's just weird. Like the whole thing's weird. You're also in this weird sort of period, like where it makes you wonder why they decided to go with Koopa, uh, versus Bowser. Cause Bowser sort of was like the, the name that was kind of like going at the time, like by 93, like Koopa had like sort of, he's still called Koopa in Japan, but like he totally started to like morph into more Bowser. Uh, by the early 90s so i was always kind of confused by that but um but yeah like those guys like are all killing it and all like i think this film is crazy because it sort of gave me like an appreciation for all of them really like i would say maybe like um hook more so for bob hoskins for playing smee but then he also like was in roger rabbit as well so he was like doing this like fucking murderer's row of like weird choice like child films and like dennis hopper just like yeah whatever man but this was really like john lugazamo like was this was my entry for him and mm-hmm. i've always loved john lugazamo like me too man i mean like we were talking about um you know tu wong fu and stuff like the other day and like you know there's like so many great roles that he's done i mean he was even in well, land of the Juliet, dead as well son of sam yeah son of, of sam dead, yeah yeah he's great dude i love him but yeah you know it's fucking bonkers movie but like it's i don't know man it's it's kind of like weirdly watchable in a way like i did see it at the cinema it few, is, like man. quite a few years ago like um in one of the good bad movie clubs i it's, it's honestly it's like a pretty perfect example of that yeah i think it's yeah. one of those movies that goes so bad it gets kind of good definitely because yeah. you're just like seriously what it you, you know you're watching like a, a really weird grown-up like psychedelic version of your like five favorite childhood toy <laughs> you know what i mean so it kind of works growing up and watching it especially now yeah because it requires no entry point yeah yeah definitely. no i have no you know just like watch it and be like because it's always confusing at any age it's not like oh you know in 93 this made more sense you know because there were 
you know, it was more like Jurassic Park had come out. Oh, had it come out actually? Uh, no, that's in the same year. It was, I always thought this was like trying to knock off that bit. I think it was maybe out already when this came out, or it could have been coming out soon after. I can't remember exactly. But, uh, I think but I'm like, talking shit. But they knew Jurassic Park was coming because they had the Yoshi in the film. And obviously Yoshi, this is some stuff <laughs> I read yeah. and I didn't even go into detail about because there's so much other bullshit with this the film. Yoshi, which is like the actual like realistic looking little raptor <laughs> yeah. they have. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. how in the fuck are you? Are like, is this, is anyone going to ride this thing? You know? Yeah, nobody rides it. <laughs> But uh, anyway, yeah, the Yoshi I also thought was silly when I when I was a kid. But um, cute though, <laughs> yeah, I think that was a the thing. They were like, we're, "We want, we know there's a dinosaur movie coming out, Jurassic Park," and I guess by this point, you know, there's probably already some trailers or some people knew that it was gonna. I don't know. I mean, I don't know when they were doing the post production with this stupid Yoshi thing, but they they actually <laughs> did it with a puppet and stuff a bit, and. Um, they wanted better than all the other fucking dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, it looks pretty good. They they wanted to make it look cute as well, compared to like a more cartoony looking compared to like you know what they knew was going to come out and be these hyper realistic dinosaurs from like Jurassic Park. So they they were aware of the competition at the time. That stuff is so odd. Like the way this film looks is so odd. Like the use of all the like like supposed to be mushrooms or whatever, or fungus, this like boogery. Like- again, again, yeah. The choice of like, okay, how do we get like mushrooms and stuff? Yeah. Into this? Like what if the king is like a giant fungal creature? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you know, he's like, and he's like mycelii, like spreading through the city and like give them items that they can use, like bob which is the only thing that looks like the thing from the game. Yeah. You know, they just, I don't know. It's weird. They, like they just brought him back at the end and his fucking Lance Hendrickson of all people and a weird ass cameo just to like be there for a second. And then that's and it. It's just like, and it's just like, but why and- <laughs> this world doesn't have a king or need a king. It had to print that. Yeah. But it's Daisy. And I, why is it Daisy and not, Peach, it could have just eaten. She even looked like Peach. Like, I'm so confused. They could have had the other girl, Bob Hopkins' girlfriend. That could have been Daisy. Yeah. And it would, you could have had both. But, like, you know, Daisy is from Super Mario Land. Yeah. The Game Boy version. And Peach is, like, the main, you know, character in the, a lot of them. Like, you know what? I'll, I'll give them I just, this. I just, you know I'll what give I mean? Them this. Weird they, didn't, they didn't do the, like, which this is pretty nice. They didn't do the old man Bob Hoskins like hooking up with the young girl. They um, didn't do that with like being Peach. They went with her being Daisy and hooking up with the young Luigi, which is like a nice choice. But it is fucking weird because that also confused me as a kid. Because throughout my history of playing Mario, I was always like, "But Mario's got the girl that's supposed to be Peach." But there is Daisy, and Daisy is technically Luigi's girl. But she belonged to Luigi. it's weird. I don't like. Fuck it. We can get into the history of Mario since we're here anyway. Because sure, sure. I did bring up a little brief history, and I'll try to power through as quick as I can. Let's do it. Mario is the creation of legendary game designer Shigeru Miyamoto, Miyamoto for the Nintendo company. Nintendo itself actually got its start back in 1889 producing Hanafuda playing cards, which is just a kind of Japanese game. I'm not exactly sure. I didn't do a deep dive into Hanafuda. Throughout, <laughs> the, <laughs> throughout the mid-1900s, they would license characters from like 
places like Disney and stuff and put them on these cards before they moved into a variety of toys in the 1960s. But business really started to boom for Nintendo in the 1970s and the 1980s when they entered the video game industry. The company found massive success in 1981 when Miyamoto created the arcade game Donkey Kong. Miyamoto originally intended to create a Popeye game, but was unsuccessful in licensing the characters of Popeye, Olive Oil, and Bluto. So instead, he mirrored the characters with a gorilla who tosses barrels, a carpenter with a large hammer, and his girlfriend who had been been kidnapped by the gorilla. The gorilla, of course, was Donkey Kong. The carpenter was actually unnamed at the time, and his girlfriend was simply known as Lady, which is, I think, who they are trying to do as Daniela was Lady. Because Lady okay. is not Peach. Lady and Peach yeah, are two yeah. different people. Uh, so after selling more than 15 million units worldwide, a lawsuit with Universal due to trademark violations over King Kong, which Universal lost, and countless mm-hmm. clones ripping off the game in the early 80s, Nintendo had the surefire hit on their hand when they had a budding mascot in the making come flying through the success of all this. And I'm not talking about Donkey Kong. We're talking about this unnamed character. In America, this unnamed hero would, as Phil said, later be known as Jumpman, which they did also make a Jumpman clone of (laughs) (laughs) Jumpman itself. Yeah, Jumpman itself is another clone game of Donkey Kong, so it is a separate game. But Mario uh, was called Jumpman originally inside of a brochure or whatever for Donkey Kong. But then there was a sales brochure Mm -hmm. where he's actually called Little Mario. And his girlfriend was renamed Pauline. Miyamoto envisioned creating a character that could make a cameo appearances in any game he de- he developed. So he originally called this character Mr. Video. And Mr. Video. <laughs> he basically, I think he did say, like, I'm glad that it wasn't actually officially called Mr. Video. Because, like, if it was Mr. Video, he'd be, like, you know, dead and lost in time. Like, you would never... You would never hear from Mario ever again if his name was Mr. Video. No, you can't be like Mr. Video World. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Video 64. It just doesn't work. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, Mr. Video's Odyssey. <laughs> That's like a pointer. Uh, Dr. Mr. Video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Video oh. Cart. <laughs> According to a widely circulated story during the localization of Donkey Kong for America, Nintendo of America's warehouse landlord Mario Sagali confronted then-president Minoru Arakawa demanding back rent for the warehouse and following a heated argument in which the Nintendo employees eventually convinced Sagali he would be paid, they opted to name the character of the game Mario after him. So that's where (laughs) Mario comes from, apparently. Very cool. Very cool. I did not know that. In 1982, he would officially be named Mario in Donkey Kong Jr., but this time he was actually a villain who captured Donkey Kong, and you play as Donkey Kong Mm, Jr. trying to rescue your father. In 1983, it was decided that Mario should go back to being a good guy, and they made him a plumber, plumber. and his brother Luigi was introduced in the first Mario Brothers game. Uh, It was just called Mario Brothers. 
Mario and Luigi would knock about in numerous games, mostly sport-related, but business uh, really started to cook in 1985 when a game that changed the industry forever was released in Super Mario Bros. The game introduced platforming mechanics such as jumping, stomping, and power-ups, added depth and complexity to the gameplay. The game's flowing narrative starring Mario and Luigi and unique new characters like King Koopa, aka Bowser, Toad, and Mario's new love interest, Princess Peach, also set a new standard for storytelling in games. Super Mario Bros. had a colorful and charming aesthetic with the iconic soundtrack done by Koji Kondo, which all added to its appeal that made it one of the best-selling games of all time and a key piece in Nintendo's arsenal for its newly released Famicom console, which is the Nintendo Entertainment System, and its first wave of the Great Console Wars versus its rival Sega. After this, it will be a lot more sports-based games, followed by a successful sequel in Super Mario Bros. 2 and then Super Mario Bros. 3, Mario's first oh. handheld adaptation oh, in Super Mario Land for Game Boy, where Princess Daisy was first introduced, before a new console was introduced in 1990 in the form of the 16-bit Super Famicom system, aka the SNES or the SNES, and yeah, with the new console developed to do battle against Sega's new 16-bit Mega Drive, aka the Genesis in America. Great name. Holy shit. Which is <laughs> like PS4, PS5 yeah. now, Xbox One, X7, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Back Xbox in the day, Zero. man. With everything Genesis and yeah, yeah. Nintendo and fucking Atari Lynx and Mega Drive. Dreamcast. Yeah. Dreamcast, yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and they also developed their new mascot around this time called Sonic the Hedgehog. So Nintendo. Oh my god, what a time to be alive! 1993, folks. Yeah, dude. Insane. Uh, so yeah, Nintendo basically they needed a new flagship game, and they would release a mammoth that would change the industry forever with Super Mario World. The game would showcase all that the SNES had to offer with even more power-ups, complicated levels, featuring vast new landscapes like tunnels, ghost house, underwater scenes, and boss castles, plus a lit litany of new characters, including Mario's lovable dinosaur companion, Yoshi. Yoshi! And some of the best music and video game history, once again, by Koji Kondo. And again, it was a bestseller. So... We're basically up to where this movie gets made. With all that mm. success, how in the hell did this become a movie? Well, before <laughs> Super Mario Brothers the movie, Nintendo got his first taste in live-action movies with the Universal Studios 1989 film that they licensed their games for. Uh, and basically, it just ended up becoming a 90-minute Super Mario 3 and Power Glove commercial. We are, of course, talking about The Wizard. The I'm going to see how long it takes for us to bring up the wind. Could I? Wind is much worse. Yeah, there's some fun stuff in there, but like it's the same sort of sentiment here I had, where it's just like this is the most roundabout way, most expensive advert I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it's a little more like yeah. transparent in the wind because yeah. it's like this whole bullshit story leading up to a fucking video game tournament where they unveil Mario 3 and you just watch people mm. play Mario 3 badly. Yeah. And this one is just like, yeah, an adaptation of an already successful game, but like wouldn't make you want to play the game because it's nothing like the game. Yeah. Unless just add like a retreat from like to, you know, the relief of the yeah. therapy. <laughs> you I, to wash I your wish, eyes, I guess, yeah. and I I wish they had done like a, you know, they did like a Street Fighter, the movie, the game. Oh, yeah, where, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it was like, it was, it was actually more like a Mortal Kombat game. Yeah. It had like digitized like graphics and shit. 
I wish they had done that here, like Super Mario Brothers, the movie, the game, and it's just like really hardcore, like side crawler, like in a like dystopian future. Yeah, just be like Mario that, like with guns and that shit, old Batman game from the like exactly. from the nineties. Like that's exactly yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yeah, <laughs> really hard and just like bullshit, or it would probably just come off like the fucking Jurassic Park game, which is just complete bullshit game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, anyway. There was the wizard. Uh, Mario Brothers also had its first taste of live action that same year in 1989 as the Super Mario Brothers Super Show came out. And of With course, you? WWF legend Captain Lou Albano. That's right, Captain Lou Albano. He, uh, he did it. He portrayed the plumber in the live action sequence of the show. And he also voiced him in the animated shorts alongside uh, Danny Wells as Luigi. I used to love that show. I mean, it was on reruns when I was a kid, so I, I do vaguely remember. And then it was, I think there was some other Mario, like, cartoons. Not, I think it's on well. Netflix or something now. Yeah. I feel like I've seen it pop up somewhere. I should give it a go. <laughs> I'm sure it's definitely terrible. It's completely terrible and bonkers. And yeah. I think even at this time, they had gotten some offers to adapt that into a film, but they didn't end up doing it. It's like kind of weird. I, I've been saying that for, like, years before, obviously, the new one, finally, and it's kind of but it's just like, that's a great kid's cartoon to be made of this movie, like yeah. of these games. I'm surprised they haven't done it yet. Like just literally, especially like now where they could literally just recreate how those games look, right? Yeah. Like verbatim, you know, obviously started up a little bit. But like, but even then they could have done like a two, and this was still in the time where 2D movies, I mean, now it's come back finally, taken seriously, but they would they could sell, you know, Disney movies and stuff. So like yeah. you could have done a feature length adaptation of that, but like, I know, maybe they needed to go the next step. Like Ninja Turtles, right? It was a bigger deal yeah. to go, this is real, dude. This ain't no cartoon, bro. It's that kind of thing, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, it's weird, though, because it, back in those old cartoons, I don't really remember exactly, like, because I feel like there was another, there was other shows, there was other Mario cartoons that weren't necessarily, like, this uh, Super Mario, like, Super Show or whatever. Um, but, like they definitely were adapting the games. Cause I remember there was a heavy, like Mario three, like super Mario brothers three, uh, cartoon that really like went with the whole, like mega ship things that were like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, there was that, all that, like the, you know, the f- little Fox flying Mario, like there was all that going on. I swear they adapted it closer to like the actual game in those old cartoons than they did with these fucking movies. I, I just feel like they used to do it better back in the day, like because they had those really like crazy like Legend of Zelda cartoons and stuff as well back in oh the back really in the nineties and they, yeah, like yeah. but they adapted the game. Well, excuse like, me. <laughs> but uh, really ah, anyway, with Mario Mania fever pitch, several groups started to approach Nintendo about developing the product into a live action film, including one person who is just completely unbelievable wanted to do it, Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> He no approached way. he approached Nintendo with an well, idea. Like he wanted to, he wanted really? to adapt he, it and he wanted to play Mario and stuff. And he was like all in trying to get like something going, which is so weird. Really? But then Nintendo actually, two people from Hook interested in yeah, that. So strange. But Nintendo yeah. eventually entered in a two million dollar licensing agreement with independent producers Roland Jaffe and Jake Eberts of Light Motive, who ended up producing this film. And it was announced in 1991 by Nintendo of America at Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas that they intended to create a live-action big-screen adaptation of Mario. So it's really funny. I was reading about this, and it seems like Nintendo 
did not give a fuck what anyone did with this movie. They, th- <laughs> which is funny now. <laughs> Roland Joffe and everything like jumped in headfirst. Was like, dude, let's like you know, let's do a Mario film, and um, you know, you guys are gonna want to come with us because we're independent producers, and like you know, we know like you gave all your stuff, you know, to the wizard, and you weren't able to keep like you know, creative control and all that sort of stuff. And they were just like, dude, we don't want creative control. Like we don't really just give do a whatever, fuck. Yeah. Just do whatever. Yeah. So here's like $2 million. We're so rich. Yeah. We it, can't even hear you right now. Yeah. And they, they just didn't care. And I think like Miyamoto kind of was like, dude, like it would be better if Mario goes and does its own thing because it's just an extension. Like Mario's really popular. Grow the brand. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like, who cares? Which is totally funny, opposite of what they would do today. I'm going to say, yeah, it's funny. Like, but I think that's big. Because of this movie, <laughs> yeah. and after that, they were really tight about yeah. who and when they would license their thing. It was so rare to see a Nintendo character yeah. on anything but a Nintendo licensed console. Even only really in the last like ten years that they finally started to sort of pull away from that, and which is good. Hopefully, get more stuff because they have so many like amazing characters and sort like IPs and stuff that mm. would translate. Well, like that would, if you gave him a proper shot, like Mario did well, but like a Zelda thing, I think it sh- like surely should be made like that. I think, I think they finally are would now. Be an easy bet. Yeah. That uh, makes sense now yeah. after all that. But yeah, it was like, I imagine after this being like, actually, no, we're just gonna, we're not going to do that anymore. You can't yeah. be trusted with our toy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that one kid who doesn't want you to play with their toy. Could they think you, you're going to get it all sticky and <laughs> It's like, but you didn't break it, yeah. But you made it weird. Now, yeah. and I don't want it to be weird. You made Mario weird. <laughs> well, we had uh, Joffe and Eberts here doing this film, and apparently Dustin Hoffman, even though they didn't go with his idea or whatever it was that he was pitching to do, he was still hoping to be in the picture. So he was still he could have played jumping Cooper, in. Like, yeah. yeah. I, well, I don't know. Why he was had- he so down? Was he like an actual fan of the? I guess Game so. Could, like, Maybe he had could, like, like kids Bob, or something they were into. Because like Bob Hoskins apparently didn't even know. He didn't know what the fuck he was doing. He didn't know yeah. what it was. So like it would have been better to mm. go with someone other Bob Hoskins than the main thing. Yeah. Like it would have been better to go with someone who like seemed to give a shit and it's like actually really pushing for it. Well, I think the problem with Dustin Hoffman was that he was hoping to start. I don't know what he wanted to do if he wanted to be Mario or he also wanted to bring Danny DeVito in. So oh, that's dude, the thing. That would have like, been great. Danny DeVito, like, uh, and Mario? he comes up a couple of times. So I don't know what Dustin Hoffman had in mind, but Dustin Hoffman basically wanted to star in the picture and he wanted to bring Danny DeVito along and he wanted Rayman director Barry Levison to <sighs> direct the film. And he wanted to play Princess Peach a la Tootsie. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> However, Roland Joffe and Nintendo decided that Hoffman wasn't right for the role and also that his price tag was a little too steep, so they moved on. But they did offer it to Danny DeVito to star as Mario and to direct the film. And he could he's a fucking great director. Yeah. Well, holy shit. That would have been good. There's so many like parallel universes this movie lived yeah. in. And like all these versions I wish I'd saw. And I can't believe this is the version we got. And apparently this isn't even like the full version oh, of no, the thing they wanted to do. Not at all. But like. I'll oh, get man. into that in a second. But yeah. Uh, but, you know, through this, like, I don't know what happened to Danny DeVito. I guess he just passed. I didn't really see mm. like, but um, through that connection with, 
you know, Hoffman and they were trying to get Barry Levinson and all that sort of stuff that they did create a Rayman connection because they linked up with Rayman writer Barry Morrow, who would come on to write the first script for this, which he didn't actually finish. Apparently he was towards the end of his initial draft and they basically a courier showed up and was just like, yeah, no matter what, if you're not finished or not, we have to take it now. So they took it (laughs) and his story followed the Mario brothers basically on an existential road trip. So similar to Morrow's prior film rain man that the production jokingly just referred to the script as drain man. (laughs) Drain man. That's funny. (laughs) And Luigi was like really good at counting cards and stuff. <laughs> Damn, a hotel casino. Really weird. Yeah. But it seemed that the script was too dark. So, off the back of their script for the 1992 film Stay Tuned, Jim Genoan and Tom S. Parker, who went on to do Richie Rich, Getting Even with Dad, which is a low key banger, Macaulay Culkin and Ted Danson, and <laughs> uh, the Flintstones movie, oh, were no. brought in to basically write the next, which would have been a more traditional adaptation. Uh, Once getting familiar with the characters of Mario and Luigi, they play the games and everything. Genoan said, Mm. so right away, we knew that the best way to do this was essentially to have a journey into this world, not unlike The Wizard of Oz. It's very Wizard of Oz. And we knew that the story had to be about brothers and the emotional through line would be about the brothers. The script would be full of video game references, and it had a somewhat similar plot to how the characters get into basically this Dino Hatton in the film that we have now, Uh, but it was going to be a little bit more like the games. And uh, the script actually would be gone, like would go on to be called the fantasy draft. Um, So this is where I was talking about Luke Owen's like new series called Cutscene on YouTube. If you want to learn more about this fantasy draft, go check out. I highly recommend his new series, Cutscene on YouTube. It's like, basically, he has his book, Lights, Camera, Game Over, where he goes in depth about video game movies. But Mm. it seems like this new show is just basically him adapting that for these like really in-depth like YouTube videos. Like, and they're just really, really, really well done. But uh, he does a whole like episode about really heavily covers this fantasy draft and it's really interesting man like they were going like really like deep into it man they had like all these like like there's like uh a lot of artwork and stuff like they obviously had started production on this and they had like so basically the next thing that Joffe and ebert would do they would hire this guy named greg beeman who directed license to drive to (laughs) to direct this film and he basically got the guy who helped him because at the time he was working on mom and dad save the world and my I don't know god if what that. was happening in the 90s <laughs> i don't know i've not seen any of these movies but they sound ridiculous well mom and dad save the world is kind of like this weird like yeah like it's a cult like a total cult like classic from the early 90s like weird bullshit like crazy movie that fits in perfectly with the super mario brothers movie <laughs> But like, if you go and watch some of the clips and stuff, there's like characters and stuff and like this creature design and all that that they had hired the actual like special effects guy to come on and create. Like, you know, there was going to be a proper toad who would have looked like a fucking mushroom guy. Like he would have looked. Yeah, not just a legit. guy with a fucking weird twirly. Yeah, everybody's haircut. got weird haircuts in this film, and that's like, uh, that's as much as they did for makeup and special effects for all the, like the dinosaurs. Weird haircuts. Like, got it. Weird haircuts. Got it. 
weird, <laughs> like, you know, leather tech domination fucking <laughs> outfit. Do it. Yeah. So, yeah, the, there's some really interesting photos and stuff. And, like, um, they, I think he had, in Mom and Dad and Save the World, these, there's this weird mushroom creature and stuff in, in the film. And I think they were going to adapt, like, Let's do that you again. Know, that sort of creature into the film. Plus, there was like these, like, piranha, like, basically, he would have had real piranha plants. And I mean, oh, you that would have been read cool. the script and the, the fantasy draft script, like, just sounds like the fucking video game. Mm. It's like, it's out there. And they weren't going to start working on it, but Mom and Dad Save the World was a huge box office failure. So they fired oh, really? Greg <laughs> Beeman. Oh, uh, and yeah, then Roland Joffe offered the film to Harold Ramis. <laughs> but of course, even though he apparently uh, was a fan of the video game, he declined because he was damn. like, no, fuck that. <laughs> no, exactly. Fuck getting into that. But like anyone worth a damn who would have made a good movie isn't going to do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like Harold Ramis probably would have made a yeah. good version of this. At least a fucking funny, self-aware version. Yeah, definitely. Uh, finally, Joffe would turn to Max Headroom co-creators, Here Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jankel. So that's why Koopa's hair is all fucking weird. It's Max Headroom. It's literally Max it's Headroom. It's literally the Max Headroom haircut. It's crazy. Um, <sighs> but yeah, Joffe, Morton, and Jankel agreed that their approach would be adapting the video games to follow a more darker tone. So again, they keep flip-flopping. No, it's too dark. No, it's too like kid and family friendly. We needed to go that, dark again. That that's literally how watching the movie yeah. feels like. You're just flip flopping between those two. Yeah, and they wanted it to be akin to like basically 1989's Batman by Tim Burton and the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. It was a little bit darker than the sequels that would come after. Uh, Joffe said this wasn't Snow White and the Seven Dinosaurs. The Dino World was dark. <laughs> We didn't want to hold back. But it's Super Mario. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, it's not like Batman yeah. or Ninja Turtles or Ninja Turtles where there is darkness in its source material yeah. that you can naturally, like, you know, take inspiration from. Mario isn't dark. Yeah. It, it, there's nothing dark in its little head. You know what I mean? Like, it's a very fun, candy coated sort of like game and world to explore. I mean, they're scary bits for sure. Cause that's like, like you were saying, haunted houses and ghosts and big bosses. And they're a bit where it gets really difficult, but it's not like, not like a, a you know, a, a story about a man, you know, attempting suicide or anything yeah. like that. You know, it's not, there's not really it's, anything dark about like, it. So it's, it's for it's kids, man. Very thrown <laughs> upon. It's for kids. And so it's weird. They're like, but let's make like a Batman version of this. Yeah. This is one of those things where like the wrong lessons are taken, yeah, right? Makes like no Batman sense. was good and Batman was dark. Let's just make everything dark. It's like, yeah. no, that was good because it was like, like an earnest, like adaptation of the comic finally. And like, even that's not dark anymore. That can't be a fuck. Yeah. So like, just, I don't know. It's just weird. Well, Rocky Morton described the film as a prequel to the video games and took more inspiration from places, away. places like <laughs> Die Hard and Mad Max and Blade Runner. So, of course, it looks like Blade Runner. Uh, Mor- Mario, Blade Runner. <laughs> Mario, Mad Max. <laughs> None of that worked. So, the fantasy script was still kicking about, and Morton and Jenko weren't fans of the Genuine and Parker fantasy script, so they hired Parker Bennett and Terry Runty to 
write a new script to balance the comedy with a darker tone. So Bennett and Runty were basically told to expedite their script by borrowing elements from the genuine and Parker fantasy script so that we get a similar sort of setup with Koopa kidnapping Daisy, who has a meteorite stone. I think in the fantasy draft, it was like either a gold ring, but there was another draft of the script that had a fucking ruby, so they always had some sort of fucking like jewel, and then Mario and Luigi get sucked into that world to save her. And again, have you played the game? <laughs> Do you go around collecting meteorite? <laughs> no. You go around collecting coin. Yeah, coins. Mushroom, dart, things like that. You know, like why that? Why a fucking bit of kryptonite? I don't know why they have to make it so complicated as well, because like... To merge the two worlds. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Like also, they, they... I don't know if you can clarify this for me, but like I always thought it was <laughs> weird and I'm watching the film and I, it came, it came back up again. Koopa wants to go, he wants to merge the world so he can go into like the, where the humans live and turn them all into fucking apes Monkey. and shit. And yeah, it's yeah. like, cool. Yeah. Whatever. That's, that's your fucking bag whatever. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So he wants to do this. So in order to do this, he needs to get this meteorite stone and he needs Daisy to put it in because she's the only one that can do it so that she can merge the two universes. But in order to get Daisy, he sends two people into that world <laughs> to go kidnap why. people. They keep kidnapping the wrong girls. So you have tons of these girls, whatever. That's the comedy fucking shit. But they even say, why don't, why didn't you go point. in? And, like you two went in. And they say something, but did you, like... No, it's they a massive didn't, plot hole. They didn't... It's a fucking plot hole! You know, finding mistakes in the writing. Watch out for the plot holes. 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 Watch out for the plot hole. Watch out for the plot hole. No, but seriously, it's like they bring it up, but then they like, the whole thing, no, they, no, but oh, the whole can't, thing is, like, oh, like, we need to crush to the other side, and we're the only way to do that is with the stone. Yeah. Okay, but these two guys just did it normally. They like just crossed over, they got into a cab, and they came back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they brought it up. They were out there and, a while. And it was they, sort they of, kidnapped multiple yeah, women. They did it, it, it multiple times. Is it a time-based time. thing? Is it, they, can only, sorry, is it, they can only go out for a certain amount of time, like, you know, a fish living without water? Yeah. You know, and that sort of thing. But like, how do you discover that? And also, like, what's Koopa talking about? Because he's got this de-evolution thing that also there's so many plot holes with that. But like, he's got this de-evolution gun, right? And he's shooting it like at people. And he's talking about he wants to go do that to all the humans in that dimension. And it's Make just like, you know how long that would take, dude? Yeah, like you you've got put one. You need a fucking satellite thing or something it's, to shoot yeah, it at everybody. It's also the same. It's also the same plot as uh, Looney Tunes back in action. <laughs> for, for anyone who's seen that, Steve Martin is also trying to steal a jewel that um, has the power yeah. to turn everybody on Earth into monkeys. But you know, he wants them as like slaves to work in his Acme <laughs> factory. At least that makes kind of some sort of sense. Yeah. This, I have no idea. But why does he want to take... This is just one of those, like, bullshit bad guy things. Why does he want to take over Earth? Why? Yeah. He's already king of Dino Hatton, even though his wife seems to be turning against him. Um, is she the wife? Is she a queen? I don't know what the I fuck don't know. Lena. Now. Lena's it's just, just there. It's, it's just this bullshit. It's the same as fucking Hudson Hawk with this, like, weird, dysfunctional couple bad guy, yeah. like, villain duo <laughs> at the top who, like, 
you know, you don't know where their allegiance lie, and it's just like, I hate this. I hate all of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why even bother? I would rather not even bother with the story and just watch Bob Hoskins and John Loganama walk through these sets being like, what the fuck is that? Where are we? Who is this? Why dress like this? And like, what you know, looking for the video game references in there. Yeah, you? it's like oh, Bullet Bill, the bar, you know. The, yeah, there's loads of stuff. It's basically, like that. just you know what you get if you just watch the new film. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, like, I didn't. I watched the original the, like the, a good boy. But like the the gun, like so he obviously did it to the king at one point, and he sort of mentions that he's a descendant of the Tyrannosaurus Rex, right? So cool, that's fine. But like. When he does it to the king, the king's obviously the mushroom king, right? So that's cool. But yeah. if Daisy is the mushroom king's daughter, then why did the why did Daisy get born from an egg? Like, <laughs> I don't get. I don't get like how. I don't humans know. Work. If you could see my face, it just dropped. I was like, what? Like, or they're, I guess they're not humans, the but biology. these dinosaur people. I don't understand. <laughs> How they work. But what if, though, what if, what if the dinosaurs survived? Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. You can, yeah. like, they've evolved into people and you can devolve them into, like, like you said, like, seven-foot people with small heads, as if that was ever, like, a stage of dinosaurs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that, I mean, like, they're the humans. Like so the it's like, who knows? I don't know. They're, like, they've dinosaurs that have evolved into humans I'm or whatever. very confused. Or humanoids. I'm, so maybe they had a... Maybe they had a, a seven foot like Goomba stage, which makes no sense as well because the Goombas were like these little teeny like pipsqueak things, the little brown turd things that you jump on. They look like <coughs> chestnuts or whatever. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, um, again, though, we have these two guys, uh, Bennett and Runty. They're working on the script, but even though they were working well with the directors, they were dismissed by the producers for being too comedic. And then they brought in the British writing team of Dick Clement and Ian LaFrenz or LaFrenz or however you say his name to uh, come in and give again, a more adult tone and a feminist tone. So one draft apparently would see a cameo. I'm not lying about this uh, from Bruce Willis. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. We didn't plan this. We didn't plan this. We would have been crawling around inside the duct of Koopa's lair. Like Die like Hard? Die Hard, like John McClane. John McClane made it. Princess Daisy and Lena, basically in this new feminist version, was uh, expanded. And then they introduced Bertha as a black woman. Uh, so that's kind of where all that kind of, I guess, got left in the script. But then it was decided that this was... <laughs> yeah, all this, this is okay? Yeah, fine. But then it was decided that this was too adult for the script and it's it was very adult for the and it script. was getting to, uh a oh, little you have to like dance with <laughs> you know very seductively with it's like a whole tango scene with big yeah. bertha so he can steal the stone it's a lot of like face full of boob you know yeah I, mean? I was really upset i was hoping there was going to be some mario and big bertha like fan uh like you know love fan fiction and stuff but i couldn't find None? any i couldn't find any oh, fucking the internet yeah. is fucking useless. there was some images you could you could look ah. up images. People are doing like you know what was it deviant art or whatever drawings. So yeah, there, yeah. there is that, but yeah, uh, no no fan fiction. Though. I'm so glad Bob Hoskins around to see that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I said, this was D 
deemed a little too adult at the point at this point, and the script was getting a little too effects heavy for the budget. So this is where Ed Solomon was brought in of Bill and Ted fame. Mm. And he was hired to do a more, again, family-friendly script. Make up your fucking minds. <laughs> so, yeah, he basically <laughs> appeared like literally right as the cast was arriving to shoot in Wilmington, North Carolina. He just like desperately tried to rewrite the film. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like it was an utter mess when shooting. They had multiple rewrites, refreshed scripts daily, and Morton and Jankel were basically just horrible to work with. And they were threatening to leave during the middle of production. Ed Solomon stuck around for a few weeks, but eventually without invitation writers, Parker Bennett and Terry Runty took a road trip to Wilmington for no fucking reason. And they were rehired to do more of this constant rewriting. Oh my God. It's insane, dude. Um, let's get into the cast a little bit. Obviously we have Bob Hoskins as Mario Mario. Uh, like I said, Dustin Hoffman <laughs> and Danny DeVito were considered, but initially Bob Hoskins didn't like the script. He didn't want to do another children's film. He said, I'd done Roger Rabbit. I'd done Hook. I didn't want to become like Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> but yeah, we, we brought it up. Legend has it like he basically had no idea what Super Mario Brothers was. And as he was basically taking what off game? his film. What you want to bat? Yeah. <laughs> Bob Hoskins. It was basically his seven-year-old son who happened to ask him what he was working on. And he like basically told him it was Mario and his kid freaked out and showed him the game. And he was like, oh, shit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is me. All right. I'm playing this bloke. Yeah. And I'm not wearing no fucking dungaree. Look like a twat. <laughs> <laughs> he was asked like how he would uh, prepare for the role. And he says, well, I'm the right shape. I've got a mustache. And I worked as a plumber's assistant for three weeks and set the plumber's boots on fire with a blowtorch. <laughs> perfect. You're perfect, Super Mario. I feel like Bob Hoskins like talking about making this film and all that shit is more entertaining than the actual film is. Like there's so oh, many definitely. Good, good lines and stuff. It's weird stories. Yeah, so John Lugazamo is Luigi Mario. Uh, so Tom Hanks was considered for Luigi, or maybe even Mario. I'm not sure, but his name did pop mm. up. But around this time, he was having some some flops, basically. The, the burbs just happened. Mm. The bonfire of the vanities happened. Uh, oh, interesting. Interesting, interesting. yeah. Mm. I started reading that book while I was on Oh, holiday. did you? Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned that you you picked it up. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. is it good? It's it's a bit hard to get into. <laughs> I need. I keep doing this. I keep picking these like incredibly like just annoying books to get into. Like they're just written mm. really weirdly. Uh, mm. I'm really stupid, so like I just need to read like you know autobiographies or something. Are you stupid or is the book stupid? You don't yeah. know yet. I I don't know. I think I'm a well, bit give it stupid, a good, but too stupid to you know, read. Give it a few chapters at least, you know? Here we go. Well, Dennis Hopper is President Koopa. Um, he could have been calling his name Koopa because apparently Arnold Schwarzenegger was offered the role. Oh, no way. <laughs> that would have been amazing. And harping back on. Super Mario Brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get the just plumber now. Years. It let him ruin the Batman series. Like, you know. Yeah, like, perfect. Um, yeah, so <laughs> uh, 
apparently Michael Keaton was also also offered the role of Koopa, but he turned it down. They're just like, let's just make this Batman. Let's yeah. just do Batman. <laughs> Jack Nicholson probably offered. <laughs> so yeah, there's um uh, Samantha Mathis plays Daisy, and she also plays her mother, the Queen, or whatever. Mm. In the flashback sequences. Yeah. She's not. She's she's not good in it. Yeah, she's not. <laughs> but very it's a bad good, role, yeah. you know. Like it's a weird character to play. Yeah. She again flip flops between sort of like fish out of water, like princess in, in a new land, and yeah. also like just like a regular like archaeologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's like into Luigi? I don't know. It's weird. It's very odd. Um. She also around this time had just done Fern Gully. So a lot of people I think were just like, wow, she sounds familiar, but they didn't know who she was because she wasn't <laughs> really that popular yet. I don't know. She's had like an okay career, but like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's sort of like there's a few people that just aren't very good in this. And I feel like Fisher Stevens and Richard Edson, who play Spike and Iggy, like real bad. They're bad, but like they're like the only ones that seem like they just like don't give a fuck and they're just into it. Like, <laughs> They're not as annoying as they could be. Yeah. But again, Hudson Hawk vibe. Yeah. Absolutely. They remind me yeah. of the the like goons in the, in that movie where they're named after snacks. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 Hawk, yeah. Right? Yeah, Butterfinger where they're just, and all that. Yeah. yeah, they're just sort of like yeah. throwaway henchmen and it's just like they just they take up way too much screen time. The movie ends with them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it just makes no sense. So much, yeah. Uh and then also someone who shoehorns themselves into the story that I mean, to be honest, it's just kind of like extra, like kind of doesn't even matter. Is Fiona Shaw as Lena, just an extra character that like, yeah, they just brought out of nowhere. Um, mm. Fiona Shaw, Mrs. Dursley from Harry Potter. Yeah, I'm like, she, and she's I was watching, I was like, pretty good. But she's like a real actress, isn't she? Yeah. She's like in things. She's like British and like. Trained, well, so probably. is like Bob Hoskins and Bob Dennis Hopper. Hopper. Everybody, everybody's slumming it in this movie. It's, it's like, really why are they weird. in this? Yeah, why are they yeah. in this? They must have got a fat fucking paycheck, but it doesn't sound like yeah. it. Francesca P. Roberts plays the Big Bertha character. I mean, the Big Bertha always confused me as a kid, but I kind of like it now. Like in terms of like, it's funny. It's just like, dude, this film is funny. Yeah. I think the only thing that really pissed me off as a kid was the boots. Cause it was like, you didn't like the boot. Well, it was I like, like the boot. it's like, what is this? <laughs> like, so we can we jump have... high because regular people don't jump high. Yeah. But like you could have easily <laughs> just like had this motherfucker snack time. There's something about that look you gave to me. I know you only need one thing. It's snack time. In the morning. It's snack time. Eat a fucking mushroom, you know? Like, ah, <laughs> uh, you just motherfucker just got a whole ass mushroom out, dead ass on air. What the fuck? <laughs> he could have just eaten a mushroom. Did you cook it at least? Nah, man, this is raw. 
But that's, you know, but then that's too dark, isn't it? That's some Alice in Wonderland shit. You know, you take the fucking magic mushroom and you go big. Yeah, but that's fucking Mario. <laughs> like, yeah, that, at least that's Mario. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what Mario Did you is. cook that mushroom or something? I was going to get mushroom, but I was like, how am I supposed to have mushroom? Yeah, well. Is it just a raw? It's a raw mushroom. Did you find it on the street? Nah, I found it in some shit in the backyard. Oh, I don't, this is going to probably not end well. <laughs> I did say that we were going to have some ma- magic mushrooms last week. All right, let's let's try it. It's a closed yeah. cap mushroom, just as cheap as they come because everything's expensive as fuck these days. So the cheapest yeah. white closed cap mushroom I could find. Crunchy. <laughs> mushroom shouldn't be crunchy. I really like mushrooms, man, but like raw, so I, raw mushrooms on a pizza? are hard. hard. I've never had a raw mushroom. To be honest, it kind of tastes a lot like actual like magic mushrooms. <laughs> it's like magic mushrooms are like so chewy. Mm. And you're supposed to chew them longer as well to get the saliva and stuff and get into your system. But they have like such a mu- they actually have a mushroomy flavor, and you would think, oh, maybe they wouldn't. But yeah. Mm. Okay, so it doesn't sound like you like them. How about how many? Um, I love mushrooms, but I'll, one second, dude. I gotta, I gotta wash it down with something real quick. Mm. <laughs> this motherfucker pulled out a motherfucking Super Mario pet dispenser. <laughs> That's my oh, real man. Snack. Actually, I'm just joking. I love mushroom. that. <laughs> my real That's snack amazing. is. A Super Mario Pez, yeah. I had a, I have like, like I'm not even joking. I just have Pez dispensers. I kind of like yeah, them. Yeah, this is becoming a thing. Yeah. Mommy. <laughs> so I had this years ago. Like, I think I got it like after a rewatch of, you know, Seinfeld. And, oh, yeah, uh, the Pez. Yeah, when you just the leave it on the lane flat. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, so, yeah, I got this as a kind of a laugh. And I, you know, it was, it was kind of cheap. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. And then. My mom sent me, I've literally got two of them. I'll show you. Back when I had my heavy Jason Momoa Aquaman thing going on and joking about it all the mm. time, my mom sent me two of these in the, in the mail um, for all the way from America. These two like Aquaman <laughs> Justice League like Pez dispensers. So I opened one and I kept one um, That's amazing, in, in the pack. And it's just displayed on my shelf over here. I love that. So now, That's yeah, so I, just, cool. I have like a couple. So I got some fresh It's a Pez growing collection. Today, it's watermelon flavored right here. Very nice, very nice. And it's it's appropriate because like as a kid, this is such a child's thing, like especially in the 90s, man. I don't know if kids still fuck with Pez as much as they did back in the day. No, no it doesn't look like it. I mean, they Even still when I was a kid, it, we didn't really, yeah, we didn't really fuck with Pent when I was a kid. It yeah. wasn't a thing, really. <clears throat> In the 90s, man, it was huge. And I, obviously before that as well, they were highly collectible. Um, but yeah, I love it. How many, um, how many, you could do it for both or just one? <laughs> how many, how many mustaches are you giving Ooh. your pet and or uh, what you would call it? Mushroom, your raw mushroom. I give I give uh, the Pez a solid three, solid three. Just Not like, bad. It's a nice little solid little fun snack, and it's funny. Um, mushroom. 
I love mushrooms, but man, not raw. Uh, <laughs> so that's going to be a zero. It's not very good. <laughs> Fair enough. You're almost there. Um, I gave away my snack kind of earlier, and I, I feel like one of us has done these before, actually. But I really wanted chocolate coins mm-hmm. because that's what Mario collects in, the, in yeah. the game. But they couldn't find any because it's not Christmas. Um, <laughs> so, but the other thing he collects is stars. So I got. Dude. Milky Way magic, magic stars. stars. I was really close to getting magic stars. That's funny. Really, they're really good. There we go. Can you have a little handful here? Mm. Those things are great. <laughs> Do you listen to the Always Sunny podcast? Yeah. They stole snack time. Did they? They do snack time now. Really? Not every episode, but they've done it a few times. Hmm. Especially when they have like, they did it with Danny DeVito, where they gave him a bunch of nuts. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. like, snack time! And they like, did a whole thing. And I was like, that, how are they? That's our thing. Do you think they listened to um, our podcast? <laughs> definitely. Definitely. They took the idea from breadcrumbs about like, let's make fun of ads. And they just started doing real ads on, on top of it. Yeah. I mean, they do. Mm. They actually just do ads. See, that's it's what you, you don't get from this podcast. That's why you should go over to Patreon because we're not, you know, we're not getting paid for ads. To eat stuff. I have to pay for these stuff. You don't have to I'm hear. I'm not Well, you don't have to hear about us talking about how we shave our nut sacks with, you know, a fucking magical razor or the fact that Phil's dick doesn't work and he has to take a pill to make it work or the fact that yeah, I like a hot tag for you. Yeah. Wiener. That I like that. I can't fucking possibly eat cereal unless if it's kids cereal. So I'm so mm. glad that magic spoon exists to give us adult cereal, but kids flavors. <laughs> I, I expect a fucking check in the mail. Magic spoon. <laughs> Giving you Hit us up. <laughs> Free airtime. Um, all right. Well, they're good though. They are really good. How many uh, for this go? How many mattresses shooting through? <laughs> how many mattresses are you like riding on through a fucking oh, like thanks. frozen pipe? That makes no sense. I guess is their like closest thing they were getting to like fucking uh, Mario Kart or something. I don't even know. I guess Mario Kart like might not even been out yet, or it was like I don't know. It's kind of around the same time. Yeah, it might not have actually. Cause that's a different Nintendo one. Um, he's a solid man. Give him a solid. Love a, love a good match start. Um, yeah, really good. Three, three, three's around. Three's company. There's a couple more people I already said like Lance Hendrickson is the mushroom king and uh, Dan Castellaneta plays the narrator. Frank Welker does the Yoshi voices and the Goomba voices. I mean, he's a classic sort of, uh, you know, voice actor, but my man, I left him for the end. My man who plays Toad. You already talked about his hair. It is uh, the one and only Mojo Nixon. Mojo Nixon. Guess where Mojo Nixon is from. Um, don't know. You like a musician or something? He's a yeah. He's a musician who's a bit like a weird rockabilly, like 
crazy guy. Yeah, he didn't. And he didn't seem like an actor. No, <laughs> he was in some he films had that vibe and stuff. Of, yeah, he had that vibe of you know when you put someone out like when they get like an athlete to cameo on a show. And yeah, they can't act. He had that vibe about. Yeah. Him. Basically, most like for he was cast because they wanted an actual musician to play the character. Mm. Toad needed to be a musician. The first choice was Tom Waits, <laughs> but he was he was unavailable. Oh, Tom Waits would have done it, and he would have fucking. He probably would have done it. Yeah, he was just yeah. unavailable. I can ima- can't you imagine him like hanging over the cage, explaining like multiple, yeah. like multiple dimension theory to the <laughs> brother? Yeah, like great. him and uh and Dennis Hopper probably would have had some great scenes together as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but basically, Mojo Nixon's agent pitched to the casting that like he's a third weight rate Tom hates uh, Tom waits for the half the price. So it's like, why not? But yeah, Mojo sure, sure. Mojo Nixon at the time was like he was a big like weird rockabilly like punk rock like just freak show kind of guy like. There's actually a documentary I really want to watch uh, about him, like, because it, it's like just goes into the whole craziness of his career. He did like a lot of like parody songs and like, um, like just was a weird sideshow MTV creature, like you know, just this mm. guy who just sort of made his way into MTV and stuff, and he just like Paulie Shaw, yeah, yeah, basically like Mac Tedrum, a total like weird thing of the time. Uh, but Roger Nixon is from. My hometown, Danville, Virginia. Really? <laughs> My boy, Mojo Nixon, represent Danville. Represent Danville. We we ain't got much from Danville. One of us, but we got Mojo Nixon. But we got Mojo Nixon. We also and he with Mario. We also had uh, what's his name? Uh, Wendell Scott, the first black NASCAR driver, which That's Richard cool. Pryor did a film about called Grease Light. Oh shit! That's that guy That's was from awesome. my hometown. There's actually a a road on like in my hometown called Wendell Scott Drive. I'd like to visit your hometown. There's not much else because everything That's else. Not is just, much. I want to go to that bridge like, that you go fucking with people. Everything else you know? is just shit that you don't want to see, like fucking Confederate flags and uh, people talking. I want to feel. We're the last capital of the Confederacy. It's like, <laughs> dude, there was a famous train the crash. Jesse Ventura. Talk about that. <laughs> you know, I'm here in Virginia. Yeah, we're here. We're here in Danville, Virginia. This is where the last capital of the Confederacy was. But I say, hey, I don't agree with them. They're not real mm. Americans, you know? Mm. They lost the war, you know? Mm. So now I am here. a real American. I'm, I'm a like real- that. <laughs> I'm, know, I'm not like that other showboat who claimed to be a real American. Yeah, they lost. I don't care if they think it's their right to put up a flag for a country that was against us of America and the United States. They actually <laughs> turned their back, those turncoats. So I don't think they should be allowed to put their flags up. But hey, you know, mm. this there was a good there was a good train crash here in Danville, Virginia. It was called <laughs> the old ninety-seven. Yeah, you're talking about trains now. And the old ninety-seven, there was a no. famous blues song don't about it. And yeah, the old ninety-seven Virginia? it crashed here and there's I know, a we whole were doing like, a Mario. Yeah, thing. yeah. I should have been okay, in Super you could take Mario. Him. You could take him. I could have been you could a Goomba. Him. That's enough, Mr. Ventura. Thank you. Bowser. Nah, but they had a dude. <laughs> yeah, King Koopa. And there's the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I love this. I love this running joke. (laughs) (laughs) Several weeks before filming began, Disney purchased the rights to the movie. So fucking Disney. This is how Disney gets involved, Uh, which is probably why there might have been a lot of fucking rewrites going on during it. And it it just Mm. got fucking nasty. I mean, shooting began in May of 1992 and wrapped in July that year. Directors Morton and Jankel, or as they were better known as Rockabelle, or Rocky and Annabelle, the Flying Squirrel Show, (laughs) as for whatever reason, basically people were calling them that because everybody pretty much hated them. Uh, Mm. Hoskins and Hopper and Leguizamo spoke with countless reporters while they were filming. Like, there's there's like a whole trail of like, that was like Hollywood insider, like, you know, Hollywood reporter things that you could read. Like mm. there's, it's just, it's really funny. Basically it just kind of goes like this. Like Hopper said that the script was probably rewritten five or six times by the time I arrived here. I don't really bother with it anymore. I go in, <laughs> I just go in and do the scene by scene. I figure it's not going to hurt my character. The directors don't give interviews. Hopper asked, after being told that Morton and Jankles... That was pretty good. That actually sounded like Dan Topper. They don't give interviews. <laughs> uh, they, he was basically told that Morton and Jankel decided not to talk to the press about their work. And he said, that's the smartest mm-hmm. thing I've heard from them. That's the only intelligent oh. thing I've heard that they've actually done. <laughs> oh, fuck. They're still, pew, pew, pew. still shooting while he's saying this. That's insane you could get away with that. You would never know. Yeah. Nobody's that honest. Bob Hoskins says, all these rewrites are frustrating, so I didn't do too much research. The trick is, don't take the job too seriously. Just turn up and do your day's work. That's all. Hoskins and uh, Hopper basically were both like of the impression that they had no idea what they were doing. Like, they just. I can imagine Dennis Hopper like having a nigger and just being like, I was in Apocalypse Now. <laughs> yeah. I worked with Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. Like, what is this shit? I worked with James Dean. You know, I basically, you know, jump-started the new Hollywood yeah. movement in the 70s. Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> Dino Hatton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the reputation took the biggest hit when, according to John Lugazamo, Morton was looking over the extras, basically, and they had this big scene where there's going to be all these extras. And he thought one of them didn't look dirty enough, so he grabbed a cup of coffee and poured it over the extra's head. Dude. The extra reportedly screamed in pain as the hot coffee ran down his back and his chest. And Morton claims that the coffee had been sent around for a while. And I actually literally, Luke Owen did a, like, interview with Rocky Morton, and he literally, like... It told this same story as well. And he basically like was like, oh, it was sitting around. John Lugazama wasn't around at all. But it kind of contradicts everything by saying that he like he himself contradicted himself by saying that like mm. he didn't say he didn't do it either. He just yeah, like the coffee he, wasn't no, that he did. hot. He said he did it. He just said it wasn't that hot. But he himself so said shit, that dude. the extra complained that it was hot, so he doused the extra with cool water to soothe the pain. So it was obviously hot. At one heart, then. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. Lugazama and Hoskins, like you said, they were basically just so annoyed by all this that they were just drinking scotch the whole time to pass time. Yeah. And one day while they were drinking, 
it led to an accident on set because basically they were supposed to be driving this fucking plumber van around and Lugazama was driving and the director's called action and he slammed on the accelerator and then he quickly smashed on the brake and this van sliding door slammed into Hoskins right hand and basically just oh, like shit. ripped his fucking hand up and like you could basically see him wearing like a flesh tone cast like <laughs> it's several points throughout the film. <laughs> <laughs> they were drunk driving. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, apparently, Rockabell didn't even finish shooting the entire film. Um, they, I guess, they had like a you know a schedule, and they didn't complete it. Like they were, they hired the uh, Dances with Wolves Academy Award winning cinematographer Dean Simler to like do the cinematography, but they also pissed him off. Because they kept like, cons- like continuously giving him instructions for how his camera setting should be and where he should be placing things, and the whole time he's just like, "Why'd you hire me?" Like, <laughs> yeah, you, you know how to shoot yeah. it. You just fucking shoot it. And then, uh, yeah, so basically, Dean Simler and several second unit unit directors were basically there to do a lot of the reshoots and stuff that they had to do because Martin Janko were just like, "Fucking get out of here!" Yeah, and they even were banned from the editing room. Because there was all these disagreements over, like, should they edit the film, which Rocky Morton wanted to edit it digitally. And some of the old guys were wanting to edit it, like, you know, on old editing bays and stuff. So yeah. they were just, like, fighting over this. And Disney was like, no, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're not fucking touching you're this. You're done. You're uh, done. But, like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I think they would have been boxed out of that. Like regardless, because like there was more, it's more shit. Like it wasn't just like the coffee. It was like, I think it was the whole time they were just like horrible. Like just mm, all the rewrites. Making bad decisions. Yeah, yeah. Not, not knowing what they were fucking doing. And then also the film itself. I mean, a lot of these ideas and stuff for like how it looked and everything was their fucking idea. And like everybody mm. showed up and they were just like, dude, this is going to suck. This is not going to be a good movie. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> And apparently even Nintendo had considered putting it into a vault due to all this chaos. I was about to, honestly, I was about to ask, I was like, why didn't they just fucking pull this movie? Like, yeah. if, like it wasn't going to be good and everyone could see that. I think everyone sensed that it was going to be a steaming pile of shit. And uh, yeah, <laughs> they just, for whatever reason, just let it be released. And it was in May of 1993. So it would go on to gross about $20.9 million dollars in the United States and Canada, with a little bit over 5 million tickets sold in the United States. Internationally, it would make around $17.9 million for a worldwide total of $38.9 million on a budget of around 42 to $48 million. So it was a big bomb <laughs> <laughs> at the box office. And it was an even bigger flop with the critics who criticized the plot and consistent tone lack of faithfulness to the source material, but they praise some of the special effects, the artistic direction and the cast performances. But it's one of those things where I think like over the years, like, you know, the way you and I were talking about at the beginning of the episode, it's like, and the, people like Luke Owens and like, you know, just there's a growing appreciation. Yeah. Grown it's fucking it, yeah. weird. It's a weird it's thing. It's a cult movie. Yeah. I would say, I would say that's a cult. Like, of. I think it's yeah. like one of those things like, if you were older when it came out, 
you probably saw it and just like, fuck this or whatever. And then maybe you, you watch it now and you're like, wow, that was pretty funny. Or you were like me, you saw it when you were a little kid and you're like, mm. yeah, cool. Even though this is nothing like the game I've played. This is yeah, yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. Silly, weird nineties movie. I have so many dumbass nineties films that I love that are horrible. Dennis, the menace. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the menace, I was about to say, <laughs> but like, you know, God awful. It, so I think it has this thing where like, you know, it's just, grows and grows with like this cult sort of fever that people just like oh man yeah fucking super mario brothers it's like kind of weirdly watchable it's just an anomaly right it's just like such a product of its time and it's just like so much you just marvel at it like you know if you it's like finding a painting and you're like what is it you don't know what it's of you know what i mean like it's just like what did the artist mean by this and it's that that sort of feeling where it's like you're like, this is bad, but like, I can't not look at it. <laughs> yeah. And I guess yeah. it'll always be like that. And now, like, I've seen, honestly, like, I've seen, an, like, online, I've seen enough articles, like, talking about the new one, but I've seen just as many talking about the old one. Yeah. Like, using the new one just as a springboard to talk about how insane the original is. Yeah. And now, some, I've, I've read, I think, like a Vox article that's like, it went completely round and they were like, that old one is so fucking good. That new one's got nothing on this. And it's just yeah. like, okay. I really don't understand. It's like, I understand this weird backlash that's happening yeah. and we could we could get more into it when we when we talk about the new one. Yeah. But like, it's just strange and like, but it's, I will still say you worth, if you've not seen it, if you've just listened to us babble about it, try, try to watch it. Just, yeah. Just try. It's, just give it a go. It's worth a watch it's over just like weird, how weird man. it is. Maybe take it's a just weird. take a you know I don't know if you indulge in take anything. Some mushrooms. Take some mushrooms. <laughs> I don't know. It might scare you. It's a weird ass movie. Yeah. Uh, maybe like you know smoke a little chiba or like you know drink some beers or some shit. You know it was a, it's a perfect beer and pizza to, you know movie. It you is. Know? It um, is. Yeah. But for me, like I don't do anything anymore, so it's sort of like. Uh, I don't know. Just fucking dive in. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Just see what happens. Like, yeah. You may or may not have a good time. Um, mm. Yeah. Well, speaking of people who didn't have a good time, in August 2007, it's well over a decade after Super Mario Brothers re- was released uh, and universally panned by critics, Bob Hoskins gave an interview to The Guardian. This will be a couple years before he passed, a- passed away. Um, where he expressed his true feelings about his experience working on the film. And he said, the worst thing I ever did, Super Mario Brothers. It was a fucking nightmare. The whole experience was a nightmare. It had a husband and wife team directing whose arrogance had been mistaken for talent. <laughs> oh, that's good. Dennis Hopper disparaged the production in 2008 saying, it was a nightmare. Very honestly, that movie. It had a husband. It was a husband and wife directing team who were both control freaks and wouldn't talk before they made their decisions. Anyway, I was supposed to go down there for five weeks, and I was there for seventeen. Oh fuck, dude! It was so over budget. My six-year-old son at the time, he's now eighteen, said, "Dad, I think you're probably a pretty good actor, but why did you play that terrible guy King Koopa in Super Mario Brothers?" And I said, well, Henry, I did it so that you could have shoes. And he said, Dad, I don't need shoes that badly. (laughs) Ah, that kid's funny. (laughs) The only person that seems to kind of like be 
chill with it as John Lugazama. Like, you know, he he basically was like talking. It didn't sh- hurt him, right? It could have, yeah. you know, it, like it probably was a bit of a launching point. For yeah, him. he was young. Maybe he looked back on it a bit fun and more fun later. Mm. He was young and he like went on to do like his weird little culty sort of things that he did and just eventually broke through the mainstream and was in some pretty mm. like big films like uh, never leading like leading leading man. He had a few leading man opportunities at times, but like he I think he was pretty proud of the film and he's he said it was uh, the first one and no one had ever done it before. And he was glad That's that people basically appreciated it on a cult level. And he even with the release of the new film has said that he won't see it because they neglected to cast any Latinx actors in the film and he thought it was pretty cool yes. that Martin and Jenkel fought for him to be in the film because I think yeah that is something weird about the new movie yeah it's all like fucking white people I mean, yeah it's fucking Chris Pratt and the Italian well, the Charlie Day Luigi's sound pretty perfect yeah I mean they don't they don't I'll talk about it fine it's actually fine. <laughs> it's fine like i'll talk about it later it's a little taste um, a little taste of it but yeah in 2013 there was actually a sequel webcomic released written by one of the original script writers of i think maybe one of the fantasy draft versions or some parker bennett i kind of forget because there's so many i forget which one he was in but anyway it was called super mario brothers 2 and it picks up uh, with Mario and Luigi returning to Dino Hatton to aid Daisy. Mm. Basically, this time they're fighting Warp, who is from the games, mm. the mad scientist. Um, but in 2021, there was actually an extended cut of the original film released uh, by an editor and film res- a restorationist named Garrett Gilchrist and members of the Super Mario Brothers movie archive. The Restorationist <laughs> named it the Morton Jankel cut because it was based on an earlier VHS work print of the film that had been discovered. So Gilchrist wow. was hired to get the most out of the low quality VHS. And the film was basically extended by 25 minutes in this cut with additional scenes, including Koopa de-evolving a technician into slime for, uh, for the crime of sneezing. Mario's rivalry with the mafia-affiliated Scapelli Plumbing Company was, like, fleshed out. Yeah. And yeah. there was even an anti-Koopa rap by Spike and Iggy there it is. at the Boom Boom Bar. There it is. Uh, so that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, there was more to this. It was crazier. Some of the shit doesn't make sense with Spike and Iggy at times because it seems like they flip like that. Like... Mm, they kind of the way they edit it it makes it just seem like they're spineless and they just kind of go with anyone but it kind of makes no sense they for no reason they just are anti-koopa and they're like daisy we used to like be such loyal servants to your father and it just makes them sound like spineless idiots but it kind of comes out of nowhere but anyway this isn't an official cut it was never released on like a like dvd or anything or blu-ray it's only can be found on the internet archive but if you want to check it out for a longer version. I don't know why you would. Uh, I would. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Yeah. I don't want to see those guys rap. <laughs> no, no, please don't. It's the few, the one of the few saving graces of Mario Brothers. Yeah, that is not a musical number. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I just need it. I need it. I need them to rap. I need this. I don't know. I need this. It's not gonna be as good as Ninja Rap for sure. So I no, don't cool. Care. Why even try? <laughs> And of course, all this shit, this cursed abomination of an experiment of adapting Super Mario Brothers for the big screen has finally been erased 
Here we are 30 years later as this new 2023 animated adaptation, the Super Mario Brothers movie is out there and it's killing it at the box office. And Phil and I will be talking Biggest about that full time. on yeah. patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast. It should be out roughly the same week as this episode's out. So if you're over there on Patreon, check it out. If you haven't joined us yet, go to patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast. Mm-hmm. Only one pound will get you that episode plus bunch of other shit that's in there if you want to up that ante a little bit more there's gonna be some other stuff plus hey man there's other levels there's 25 dollars or whatever it is 20 pounds uh for one month only if you just do that for one month you can request us to do an episode and we've got a couple in the pipeline coming up for our lovely backers there at patreon who've done that already so thanks to you guys sorry about the little wait we're gonna get to those very soon uh but anyway Hey, head over there. But that's enough, Phil. I think of us talking about these box office bombs because we've had mm. a couple of weeks in a row now of these box office bombs. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about something that did well. Yeah. So that'd be nice. We've already talked about the top dog of 1993, obviously, with Jurassic Park. The big dog. Yeah. But, Phil, how about we talk about the uh, next two top earners from that year? Because that's exactly what we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks as we start to wind down this Philiversary arc. And we're going to see it pivot to uh, some other side arcs. But we're kind of still going to be in the Philiversary a little bit. And then it will come back later in the year. It's like throughout the year. year. It's here all year long. Don't even worry. (laughs) If we missed a film like your favorite film of 93, we'll probably get to it. Speaking of which, if you if you uh, want a little sneak peek of what we have in store here, as vague as possible, uh, this year on the podcast, we'll see us exploring cinema on film, searching for the truth, and running from the law. And we'll be doing mm. a bit of both of those latter two things next week as we talk about the number three film from 1993, the Harrison Ford classic, The Fugitive. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I don't. Looking forward to it. Never seen it. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I didn't do anything. That's going to be the line. That's going to be the line of the week yeah. next week. Just like, <laughs> yeah. like I don't a care. couple weeks ago, it was like, she didn't ask me. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> she didn't ask she me. She didn't ask next week I don't care (laughs) I don't care Phil I don't care how many times you try to pull me out of here and ask for security to come in I'm gonna find a way back in I don't care he found a way he did there's too many open windows in this facility I don't care if you don't want to put me in your dinosaur movie I don't care if you don't give me a line in Demolition Man I don't care if you don't want me to be in your Monstercese movie I don't care if you don't want me to be King Koopa I don't care he seems to not care but he's doing it very loudly (laughs) more from Jesse the Body Ventura next week